Hello and welcome to another episode of the Richard and Bigfooty Tigercast. I'm your host Michaels and with the upcoming draft really upon us, we thought we'd go to the experts tonight and, uh, and hear about all the upcoming young players. So tonight we've got two blokes who work and started for the AFL Draft Central website, which is pretty prominent in the AFL industry with all the play profiles for the young kids coming through. And they're a product of Bigfooty as well. So Bishop and Pie for Life, welcome to you both. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Thanks for having me. Good to be on here. No worries at all. And we'll just go through, I suppose, each of you one by one, just to, so people get a bit of a, a background of what you guys have been up to. So Pie for Life, you started the Bound for Glory News Rising Star program back in 2012. Been involved with scouting under-18s for five years now. Uh, how did you first get into it all? Well, it was quite a funny story. I sort of, I, I went to the 2012 under-18s champs and I sort of just went as a bit of a group project because Bigfooty uh, Big News started as a radio program um, with a few guys off uh, Bigfooty. So we like we basically, uh, it sort of started, we did a bit of Bigfooty News used to be around and then we went on to Bound for Glory News. Uh, quite a number of us, we did a radio show with a program at SYN um, and basically from there it sort of grew and, and yeah, after going to the Under-18s Champs, I sort of was saying to someone in that program that uh, it's really not something that's covered, and I, I just thought it would be something that would be worth doing. So we sort of started the Rising Stars program, and then a, a few riders came along after a few years. And uh, the first year, it was mostly me doing everything because obviously we only had a few riders, and and I was the one who was getting out everywhere. And then after a couple of years, Bishop came on board, and and, and a few others. And then yeah, from there, Bishop and I basically. Um, co-founded the AFL Draft Central website to um, stand alone because that way it wasn't juggling with the AFL news that we were putting on Bound for Glory news. So that's why we've sort of gone standalone for the last couple of years. And, yeah, it's been a, a really good success. We've had great feedback. Absolutely, yeah. It's really taken off there. And, Bishop, what about yourself? How did you get involved with it all? So, I mean, you're on the Bound for Glory bit as well and you've been doing the scouting for three years now. Um, how did you first get into it? Yes, I just got in touch with Pie for Life and then we sort of went from there and uh, obviously covered a fair bit of footy from there and just kept watching games of footy and then we decided to sort of branch out and create this AFL Draft Central page and sort of from there it's sort of grown and it is what it is now. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and with the AFL sort of push to have an NFL type of draft and be interest in it, um, there's no reason we can't keep the coverage up like that. And it's such a good service. I mean, and you guys obviously put in some serious hours. Um, as an idea, how many games per week would you watch, Bishop? Uh, it depends for me. It sort of, and it's the same for Pie for Life. You sort of, it depends how the fixtures sort of set out with the Tack Cup. You might get a, a double header on the Saturday, and then there might be a single game on the Sunday. So you might some weeks do two or three, or even four games in the weekend. Whereas others, you might only do one or two. But um, the beauty of the things this year, they've had live streaming of the TAC Cup game. So if there's been one on the sort of the day when you can't cover one or you can't get to the game where it is, you can just watch it that night. And, um, of course, there's needful footy going on and then you're sort of keeping an eye on the SA and the WA stuff when you can. So uh, there's plenty to watch, probably three or four. I mean, last year I think I, I kept Italian. I know a few clubs laugh at me, but I think I covered about 95, 100 games last year. So it's, uh, it's a long season and there's plenty of games to watch. And Pie for Life, when you're watching the games, what kind of things are you looking for to help formulate your rankings? Well, when I sort of go out, I sort of look for the basics. Usually the first few weeks in, you know, 
um, the the ones who are going to be the top prospects. Uh, but I'll, throughout the year, you basically then start to learn all your second rounders, your third rounders, and your late prospects because you pretty much suddenly have well you know hundreds of people that you could be that could get drafted at the start of the year and then as the weeks go on you you basically go down and down and down in your numbers of who's relevant and who's not as relevant and and then uh, at the start of the year you're pretty much just doing like a broad review of the games in the sense that you look at who stood out and a few players might catch your eye and then as the season goes on the same players are catching your eyes and you're like oh yep yep okay that i'll watch them for next time and and then as yeah as you get towards the end of the season once you've seen the under 18s champs and and you know they've got their draft combine invites you know that they're the ones that clubs are circling so then you look back at your notes you've had throughout the year and compare and then you really focus them by the time you hit finals you know the ones you really want to look in depth at so when we go to the finals we pretty much go all right these are the guys that we think are going to get drafted or be on the fringe of getting drafted so we're going to really look in depth at them and come up with some notes for them and bishop is there any other behind the scenes work that occurs that not many people would know about yeah there's a fair bit you're um you're always sort of getting messages from people and you you spend weekends sitting with the club recruiters, so they sort of keep in touch with you and um, you're sort of chatting to them about who's been playing well, who they've been interviewing. Um, the interview process is pretty uh, comprehensive and sort of you don't sort of realise that. It's, there's more than just them watching them play footy. They're, they want to know everything about this kid if they're going to draft him and they're speaking to the school teachers, their school friends, you know, their parents, so... Um, the interviews and speaking to like club recruiters and speaking to the players themselves—that's sort of something you don't sort of see behind the scenes. And, and there's plenty of time pouring through stats. I mean, Champion Data just have that many numbers that they keep, and all the numbers you keep on every player that you're just trying to keep in touch with. Because sometimes um, someone might not catch you up your eye on the weekend, but you look at the stats and you go, "Oh, you know, I might need to have a closer eye on him for the next game." So there's plenty of behind the scenes stuff. So there's more than just watching the games on the weekend. Absolutely, and with that, we'll go, we'll get stuck into it. So, Bishop, I'll start with you. If you can provide your top twenty draft player rankings based on what you've seen so far. Yeah, so my final rankings, which have just gone up on Big Footy last week. So, in order of the top twenty-five, I've got Cameron Rayner at the top from Vic Metro, Luke Davies Uniac in at two, Adam Chera three, Paddy Dow four, Nicholas Coffield at five, Charlie Constable six. Andrew Brayshaw, 7. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, at 8. Jared Brander, at 9. Uh, Danny Nongstinger, as boy, Aiden Bonner, at 10. Hunter Clark, 11. Jack Higgins, 12. Sam Hayes, 13. Uh, at 14, I have Darcy Fogarty. 15 is Noah Bolter from the Calder Cannons. 16, Nathan Murphy. 17, Aaron Norton, one of WA's best prospects. Uh, 18 is Matthew Ling. 19, Oscar Allen, another key player out of WA. Uh, 20, I've got Lockie O'Brien, a zippy outside midfielder from the Bendigo Pioneers. 21, Ed Richards. 22, Lachlan Fogarty, no relation to Darcy. but uh, And 23, the big one is Patrick Nash, which we'll get to a bit later, I'm sure, from a father-son prospect for Richmond. 24, Brisbane Lions Academy member, Connor Ballanden. And rounding out the top 25, I've got Charlie Ballard, an outside wingman from South Australia. Very nice, and we definitely will get to Young Nation a little bit later on. Uh, Pie for Life, what about you? What's your top 20 rankings? Yeah, so uh, I had to think. I've never scribbled so much on a piece of paper, I think, but um, not too dissimilar, I think, to Bishop there. I've got Cam Rayner at one, 
Um, I've got Paddy Dow at two, uh, Luke Davies, Uniac at three, uh, Adam Kerr at four, Nick Caulfield, five. Uh, then comes Jaden Stevenson, six. At seven, Andrew Brayshaw. At eight, uh, Charlie Constable. At nine, that's where it changes a little bit. I've, I've moved Jared Brander up. Um, and ten, I've got Darcy Fogarty. Eleven, I've got Nathan Murphy, who I'm actually surprised I've got up there. I've, Bishop's the one that's won me over with him. Um, Twelve, I've got Hunter Clark. Thirteen, Jack Higgins. Fourteen, Aiden Bonner. Uh, Fifteen, Lockie Fogarty, because I'm a big fan. We'll talk about him later. Sixteen, Sam Hayes. Seventeen, Noah Bolter. Uh, Eighteen, Aaron Norton. Nineteen, Matty Ling. And twenty, Lockie O'Brien. And then the ones just outside that I had... Ed Richards, Oscar Allen, and Joel Garner were some of the ones that were unlucky to miss out. And obviously, Bishop, you've got um, a pretty big thread on the draft board on the Big Footy page. How often would your rankings change? Is it a weekly thing, a fortnightly thing, or a monthly thing? So, like, when do you look at updating? Uh, you generally try and look at sort of every month or so. Um, things change, though, because you might not see a kid for a month play. Um, it's hard with the WA and the South Australian, so you might not see live until the champs at the start of the year. So it's pretty hard to get a gauge on where they're out. And playing Waffle Colts, for example, the standards are really bad. So you're trying to compare that to a Tack Cup sort of game. It's very hard. So until you get to the sort of the champs in the middle of the year when it's the best against the best, that's when you sort of get a good gauge of where the kids are at. And then sort of towards the end of the year, it's finals and there's the NAB AFL All-Stars game and the Combine. So there's just little things that can change rankings towards the end of the season. But um, you're always trying to source more vision, and so things can change later in the year. But generally, once the combines happened and October's happened, you've probably got a good gauge of where you think the kids will sit. And on that, we'll move on to. Uh, I asked you both to pick a top five players, and it's not necessarily the top five that you think are going to go, but more the top five players that have really impressed you guys the most. And just to give a bit more of a, an in depth. Uh, assessment of them, and including someone who you think is a bit of a smoky as well that might get picked up. So, Pi for Life, I'll start with you. Which five players have you gone with? Yeah, I've sort of tried to go for a, a bit of a different kind of look, uh, spread them out. I've gone for a top prospect. Uh, I'd start with him, Paddy Dow. Uh, for me, he's clearly top four, um, realistically. If he slips out of that, I know there's been some that say he might, but uh, if he does that, he's that's pretty amazing. He's uh, 185 centimetres, 78 kilos, uh, Bendigo Pioneers. Hasn't played a lot because he played a lot of school footy, um, so not many people would have seen him at TAC Cup. And then when he came back, he had an injury real late in the year, so he didn't play too many games. But um, watching him against Gippsland Power late in the year, basically he's got that acceleration and what's really impressive about what he does is he can burst through stoppages and just sidestep players and he's just got that impressive sort of movement I guess you'd say through the stoppage and and he you know hits the scoreboard and uh, he he just does everything right he's a real all-rounder and he he really impressed me Um, and he's been a a bolter really he's uh he was sort of always first round prospect um, but he's really bolted right up um, this year so that was the first one um Second one is Hunter Clark, who's a completely different player. He's uh, he's an inside midfielder. He started as a defender sort of in his bottom age. He's 186 and 80 kilos. So, again, another a good-sized player. Um, he'll probably feature anywhere from sort of that roughly 10 to 15 bracket. I know, I know West Coast are a team that he seems to be linked to or along around that area. 
Um, he, he's just got great hands uh, inside. He's got that acceleration as well. Um, he's often burst out of the stoppage, kicks a goal um, from outside 50. So he, he's got some great potential. Sometimes he's kicking can be a little bit iffy, but he can kick on both feet, which is why he uh, did so well in the kicking test. So uh, definitely his inside game, I, I'm really impressed. And, um, yeah, he's been one that I think's really done well this year. Uh, and third, I had uh, Lockie Fogarty, who, for me, I've, I've just uh, enjoyed every time I've watched him. He's He's got that touch of class. He's outside, inside. Um, I, I was looking at his stats today. He averaged six inside 50s and eight tackles, which is pretty good um, to average eight tackles when you're, you you know you're winning a lot of the ball on the outside as well. He, he averaged I think 44 contested uh, possessions uh, percentage, uh, 14 in total uh, per game. So he's he's quite balanced, uh, but he can win it on the outside, inside. Uh, he's just so classy. Steps through everything, similar to uh, Dow in that in that regard. Uh, I put a few improvements as one on one. He is a little bit small. He's one seventy nine and seventy six, which is why he's sort of the late first rounder. But I, I think he's. I've said it before. I think he's the underrated player in this draft crop. Um, so I think whoever gets him, will, it'll be a real bonus. Um, and the fourth one I had uh, was Brian Myers, who I think everyone knows. Anyone who watched the Foxtel Grand Final, who I'm going to say it again, so Bishop's probably sick of hearing this, that uh, I did actually tip him for the best on ground, and I reminded everyone every time he kicked a goal. Um, so, obviously, he starred that day. He's 178, 74. He's probably, I'd say he's the best pure small forward in the in the draft crop, really. I know a lot of people say Jack Higgins, but he also plays a fair bit midfield. So, um, I think Myers is the best uh, small forward in the draft crop, and particularly... Uh, for his goal sense and his smarts, he's just so dangerous around goals. He's he's definitely not an athlete, but he's certainly a, a real good pure footballer. Um, so he's just so smart. And in terms of my rookie or, or Smokey, look, I really hope this kid goes. He's uh, Gippsland's Cal Porter, who I, I think everyone who knows me knows how big of a fan I am. Um, I went down to... Colac when he played Geelong Falcons. He's 182.76, and you'd think he was about 10 centimetres taller. He had 37 disposals that day, um, kicked four goals, and it was basically the best performance I've seen from a Tac Cup player um, ever, really, in my five years. So um, he is sort of finding that consistency, and that's why he's a bit of a roughie. Might not go, but I kind of hope he goes late. Um, or obviously rookie draft, but yeah, he's just great on the inside, wins it on the outside as well, and he's so dominant in the air, kicks goals. Um, yeah, he's just sort of polishing off some of his kicking, but he's also got a bit of a burst. So um, yeah, basically he's my uh, rookie Smokey. So that's my five players. Very nice. So that, that's your one where you can just really claim it if he, if he gets picked that you saw him first. Yep, exactly. All right, and Bishop, what about yourself? Yeah, so I'll start things off. I've got Oscar Allen from Western Australia. So Oscar's a 191-centimetre key position forward uh, who probably fits in around Richmond's first pick at 17. So um, I've gone in to focus on him. So he averaged 15 disposals, four marks, and kicked 11 goals throughout the NAB AFL Under-18 Championships. So he also won the Lark medal as the best player in the championships. He was a standout up forward. He's got a very good leap on him. He's um, The 191-centimetre is a bit of an issue, but... Um, he's got a really good leap on him and he's played at times in the waffle down back and through the ruck. So 
the height's probably not a big issue because he's pretty good below his knees. So he's probably one that uh, West Coast will probably look at at pick 13, but I reckon Richmond have got their eyes on him if he can get through. Second player is Jared Brander. Now, Brander probably came into the season as one of the contenders for the first pick overall, really. Um, he had 26 disposals and took nine marks in the APS AGS schoolboy game in 2016, and everyone sort of thought that might be the start of, you know, he could be the best tool in the draft, and then he was linked to GWS with the academy, but at the start of this year in March, they took him out of it. So he's now an open prospect, so anyone can take him. He's 194 centimetres. There's a bit of debate where he best plays his footy. Uh, he can play forward, he can play back. He's got a nice kick on him, marks well, intercepts well. So uh, whoever gets him in that sort of 10 to 20 range, I think GWS are a big chance at 11 as well, um, are going to get a really good player. He had 16 disposals, nine marks, and kicked three goals in his best game of the year against Vic Metro in the under-18 championship. So he's one to keep an eye on, even for Richmond's pick at pick 17. Uh, the next player is Aiden Bonner, who probably, I think I took him in the big footy phantom draft early in the middle of the year, and no one had really heard of him, but um, all the boys I'd spoken to at Halebury College, and you know they've always touted this kid as being the best player that they've played against in the juniors or they've played with. Uh, Aiden's 188 centimetre inside midfielder. He's coming back from two knee surgeries, so did his ACL about two years ago, and then had to have another surgery last year when things didn't go to plan. So he's only sort of come back later in the year, but he had 20 disposals on Grand Final Day in the NAB AFL All Stars game and absolutely dominated. So there's talk he'll probably feature in the top 10. I know Collingwood like him. Um, St Kilda at pick seven and eight are a big chance as well. So um, watch this space with him because he's come. You know, like a run freight train towards the end of the year. The fourth player is Nathan Murphy. Now, not many would have watched or heard of Nathan Murphy because he was sort of hidden at Brighton Grammar playing school footy this year, but he kicked 27, to, 27 goals to Brighton Grammar up forward. After moving there in round three, um, he kicked seven goals against Geelong Grammar, uh, who boasts sort of Jared Brander, who played on him at times, Lockie O'Brien, Paddy Dow. Uh, Brent Daniels, so a fair few draftees in that team. Uh, so he dominated that year throughout the year. He's a former Victorian and Australian under-16 and Victorian under-19 cricketer, so he's made the transition to footy. Now, he could wind up in the top 10 as well, like Bonner. Collingwood was the first team to interview him mid-year, and they might almost take him at six. But if he gets past sort of Bulldogs at nine, I reckon Sydney at 14 is a good chance for Nathan and my final player is a bit of a smoky uh, kick the nut called Ben Wiggins. Now, he's from the Northern Knights, the same team that Paddy Nash plays for in the TAC Cup. He dominated the finals in the AGS schoolboy competition in Victoria. Um, there's a bit of interest around him. He's a nice intercept mark. He's 184 centimetres, but sort of plays a bit taller than that. Uh, nice leap and kicks it well on both feet. So he might be one to watch as a rookie spot. If not, he'll probably run around in the TAC Cup again next year. So, Allen, Brander, Bonner, Murphy and Wiggins are my five prospects. Very good. No, it's great to hear that kind of insight with all those young players. And, yeah, hopefully both your Smokies get picked up. Uh, as always with every year, there's always a couple of sliders that, uh, that fall a lot further back than what people think, just like Premiership player Jack Graham for Richmond. Um, is there any sort of certain players that you think might slip for whatever reason it might be that's going to be an absolute steal for a team who maybe doesn't have a first-round draft pick? For me, I think... um, I'll go, sorry. Um, I think James Warple from the Geelong Falcons, while he's shown that um, there's been a fair few knocks on him in his kicking efficiency and 
sort of stuff like that. I think he's a similar mould to Jack Graham last year. He's ready-made, big body. He might not have the upside and he might not be the best player in five to ten years, but he's someone I can see coming in, in sort of next year and the year after and really impact the game. Uh, he's contested possession work is as good as anyone else's in this draft pool and, and he's someone I think that might slip down the order just due to he's probably hasn't got the kick and there's a few sort of issues with him but I reckon he's going to be a really good player for whoever picks him up and just one more is Andrew McPherson from South Australia I had him at the start of the year inside my top 15 I was a really big fan of him last year in the under 18 championships he plays across sort of half back and uh, through the midfield nice kick on him um He's just had a lot of injuries this year and played about three or four games. So um, Andrew McPherson from South Australia is one to keep an eye on. Yeah, and for me, I, I think uh, there's a couple up at Bendigo that I don't mind that I think could be good value late. Um, Kane Farrell is one. Uh, he's about 182. Um, I've seen him a few times now, and each time he's sort of impressed me. Occasionally, he sort of overuses the footy a little bit, but he's not afraid to take the game on. He has a really good sidestep, great agility, um, kicks goals, and, and most importantly, he kicks long. He's not someone who looks to do the short pass. He will kick over 50 metres, and he, he's really damaging when he has that uh, the ball in hand. So I think he's someone who um, could really be a good prospect coming late, and his teammate Brent Daniels as well. He's um he's someone who you wouldn't picture to be have sort of a, a quite elite speed. Really, he he runs the twenty meter sprint in under three seconds, and you can tell when he's out there, he sort of busts the gut to sprint. He's sort of got um he reminds me a little of Dane Swan in the way that he's sort of built. He's sort of that smaller player, but he just moves when he goes. He just sprints, and you, you sort of can't believe he moves so fast. But he's um someone who I think really could be a, a really good value get um, quite late. So he's, there's a there's a couple that I, I think could be uh, quite good value. And but before we move on to doing a, a bit of a mock draft for the first round, uh, I'll start, I'll give, ask this one to you, Bishop. There's been a lot of, obviously, media speculation that this draft is quite weak compared to other years. Do you buy into that or is that just a lot of media talk? No, I do buy into it when you're looking at sort of the players that are going to be there next year and I know it's always, you know, the little brother's always better sort of theory, but uh, the fact that sort of Gold Coast traded away three second-round picks in uh, the trade week and there's plenty of mature ages such as Tim Kelly and, and Liam Ryan likely to be picked in the second round, you sort of go, well, we don't really see that and we haven't seen that for a while, that state league guys are going in the second round and it probably shows you the depth isn't there, but um, the few clubs I've spoken to, you know, you've still got to use those picks late and, they'll be still hopeful of finding someone that's going to become a very good player because just because you go in the rookie draft doesn't mean you can't be a good player. And Sydney have done that really well. I think all six of their defenders midway through the year were all in the rookie draft. So, um, yeah, I think it's not great. But you know what? Uh, there's still going to be some good players drafted and you've still got to find good players and do your job to be a good recruiter. Absolutely. Then it comes down to development, as we all know. All right, we'll, uh, we'll push on to the next exercise. We're going to do a first-round mock draft. Um, so I'll, I'll read out the teams, and then I'll just have both of you just suggest who you think that team might take with their pick. So we've got pick one with the Brisbane Lions. Bishop, who, who are they going to take? Uh, this is a hard one because I've said Luke Davies, Uniac all week and for a long time, but you know the rumblings continue that maybe Cameron Rayner will actually go one, but I'll stick with Luke Davies, Uniac just 
uh, it's the male at the moment, inside midfielder, um, stamps his authority on the game around the stoppages, and he's really good in the contest. And Pie for Life? Yeah, I've gone with uh, Luke Davies Uniac as well. I think he's just he's the bloke that they want. He's big, strong, inside mid. I think he suits them to a T. Okay, pick number two, Fremantle Bishop. Who are they going with? Well, I think so. If Davies goes one, I think they'll take another Vic Country lad in uh, Paddy Dow. I reckon they'll consider uh, Andrew Brayshaw and uh, Adam Chera, but Paddy Dow's another inside midfielder. He's got speed and he plays like Paddy Dangerfield. Plenty of ticks. And Pie for Life, who are Frio going with? Yeah, yeah, I've also gone with Paddy Dow um, for number two. I, I just think he's got that class, country boy, gives him uh, you know, a bit of pace around the stoppages. I think he's someone they'd really like. Pick three for Carlton. Uh, Pie for Life, who do you think they're going to go with? Uh, I think it's uh, pretty straightforward for me. I think Cam Rayner, he's uh, the best, uh, best remaining. He, he's arguably the best there is, but... Um, in terms of what they need, you know, a bit of X factor up forward, uh, what he could be as well uh, if he develops into that inside midfielder. Uh, I, I think he's someone that Carlton fans will get quite excited over. So, yeah, Rayner for, at three for me. And Bishop? Yeah, no, I agree. I think they'll consider Adam Cherry here, but it'd be hard to see them turn down Cam Rayner. North Melbourne for pick number four, Pie for Life. Who, who have you got for him? Yeah, I've got Adam Chera here. Um, I know there's been a bit of rumblings regarding Stevenson, uh, so he's the other possibility for me. But I've gone with Chera just because I think he's the classier uh, player of the two. Uh, not quite as quick, um, but in terms of what he's capable of doing, he's been doing it for a few years now since he burst on the scene as a 16-year-old. So uh, I'm going to go with Chera on this for this pick. And Bishop? This is a hard one, I think. It's out of sort of Chera and Jaden Stevenson. Um, I'll be a bit different here, though. I'll stick with Jaden Stevenson. Uh, X-Factor across the wing this year. He's moved up from a sort of half-forward, third-tall role. So um, his kicking needs a bit of work, but he's got some X-Factor and runs pretty well. And pick number five, Fremantle. Um, oh, wait, I just did five, didn't I? <laughs> no, we're up to five. Oh, up to five, <laughs> okay. Five. Uh, yeah. I've crossed out the wrong one. Pick five, Fremantle. Bishop, who have you got for them? Uh, so if North Melbourne take Jaden Stevenson, I couldn't see Frio going past Adam Chera, who they've liked for a long time. Um, as Pie for Life mentioned before, he, he's had a fair few injuries this year, but um, he's a classy player who I think probably would have gone number one. If Frio don't take Chera here, though, I think they might take Andrew Brayshaw. And Pie for yeah. Life? And speaking of Andrew Brayshaw, that's who I've got at five. Um, so I've got him going to Frio at five. I... I, look, I'm tempted to pick Aaron Norton here um, because obviously local key position player. Um, but I, I think Brayshaw, they may well go for best available in this case, especially knowing there's a there's a heap of key position talent next year if they need it. Um, but yeah, I've gone with Brayshaw at pick five. Before we get on to pick six with Collingwood, uh, Pie for Life, the home factor with these young kids from Victoria going interstate and interstate coming to Victoria, does it play a massive part in recruiters' mindset with who they're going to go with? I think it does uh, at this stage, yeah, especially when, uh, well, we heard, I think it was through AFL or, or Fox Sports that, you know, they, they were grilling Adelaide in particular uh, in the wake of the Jake Lever uh, leaving. Uh, they sort of grilled Toby Wooler uh, over his, I guess, allegiance to Victoria and whether he was willing to come over. And no doubt it's a question they ask because... 
quite simply, you, you're putting so much development and investment into these young kids. You don't want to basically see them go home in two years. And, like, I mean, it's not the case for everyone. You can see uh, people come over and, and they basically become stars of those clubs and don't leave. Um, I know they're interstate examples, but you look at Matthew Pavlich, Jonathan Brown, they're, they're all, you know, clubs that players that ha- turn down offers to be stars at their club. Um, and I think it is something that is a major consideration for Fremantle. I think that's why blokes like Paddy Dow and and Andrew Brayshaw. I don't think they're going to uh, be the kind that'll come home. I think obviously Dow being a country lad and and Brayshaw having real high qualities of leadership. I think they're pretty safe that they won't be a go home factor. Oh, that's good to hear. Okay, pick six for Collingwood Bishop. Who are they going for? Uh, I'm going to go a bit controversial here. I think they might take Nathan Murphy, um, a boy who's been rising. There's been a lot of talk um, about Collingwood taking Murphy lately over the weekend, and Murphy's actually got an invite to the draft, uh, which sort of indicates someone in the top 10 is probably pretty interested. Uh, Collingwood were the first club to interview the medium forward back in sort of June, July, so I reckon Collingwood will very much consider him at pick six. And pie for life? Oh, well, I've, I've stuck with him since the start, so if it happens, I'll be happy. I'm going with Nick Caulfield here. Um, Aaron Norton, I think, is another one they'd consider. Uh, you know, possibly Bonner. Uh, Murphy, of course, yeah. I, I, I can see why they'd be interested in him. I'll stick with Caulfield just because he's uh, someone who I've liked since the start, and he's a, he's a great size, and, yeah, he, he plays that role really well, and he does remind me a fair bit of Pendlebury in the way that he sort of moves, so... Um, I'm going to stick with Caulfield at six to the buyers. All right, and St Kilda pick seven and eight. Uh, Bishop, who are they going to go with those two? Yeah, so I think uh, if Andy Brayshaw's still here, they'll take him. They've interviewed him a fair few times this year, and he's been a classy player this year, averaging 25 disposals for the Dragons at the TAC Cup. And I think with their second pick, they'll take Aiden Bonner, who's coming back from those knee issues, uh, inside midfielder at long term, uh, 188 centimetres. I think he'll add a bit to the St Kilda midfield. Uh, pie for life. Yeah, uh, for the two St Kilda picks, I've got Jaden Stevenson, uh, who obviously I didn't have for North, so he's still on the board. I think Stevenson and Bonner are the two picks. Naturally, having the two picks, they can take a little bit of a, a risk. They can have the sort of sh- uh, safer option as well as the potential, and I think both of these guys have huge ceilings. So I think it's a, a good mix for St Kilda picking Stevenson and Bonner there. Western Bulldogs pick nine. Pie for life, who are they going for? Yeah, now this is, I think this is where it's got interesting. Looking at my notes, I've got about four names scribbled out. So the one that I've got left standing is uh, Nathan Murphy. I think they might consider him at this pick. He just seems like the type that they might take. They they like those um, types of players that can move and, and kick long, and I think he really suits their game. So I've gone with Nathan Murphy for pick nine. And Bishop? Yeah, so for me, similar swapping over picks for Pie for Life. I took Murphy at six. He took Murphy for the Dogs at nine. But he, uh, sorry, um, but I'll take Nick Caulfield, who Pie for Life had at Collingwood's pick. He gets through to me with the Western Bulldogs at pick nine. A very good player. M- moves well in traffic. Reminds me a bit like uh, Pendlebury. Pick 10, Alton. Pie for Life. Who are they going for? Yeah. Um, so I think that means we have the same top nine, just in a slightly different order. Um, top ten, uh, For my 10th pick to Carlton... Yeah, I, I kind of I considered Hunter Clark here, but I've gone with uh, Chuck Constable, Charlie Constable. 
Um, I think he's someone who will help them uh, on the inside, can play pretty much anywhere. He's that big-bodied midfielder, needs to build a bit more endurance. But I think in terms of his footballing ability, he's someone that Carlton would look to, and he's worthy of a top-ten pick. And Bishop, before I get your, your take on Carlton's pick 10, how often do you both pick the same players in the top 10, but it's a different order? <laughs> it probably doesn't happen too often because we probably don't have this discussion and things sort of change even in the last sort of 24 hours. Um, and you, know, you could throw Aaron Norton in there, who we haven't discussed, Oscar Allen as well, Jack Higgins, and probably three other guys that haven't been talked about that could have already been taken. So... Um, we'll see. There's still a while to go before the draft, so it's not exactly a perfect science just yet. Um, but for me, at pick 10, I've taken Darcy Fogarty, who I know the boys have been linked with a bit with pick three, so um, if North are interested at pick four, they might have to jump early. But um, I think Darcy Fogarty missed a lot of footy through the meniscus injury, but showed before that he's got good decision-making, quick hands. Um, where he plays will be a question mark at the next level, but 191 centimetres, he should find a role sort of as a medium forward at either or defender. Pick 11, GWS, Pie for Life, who are they going for? Yeah, I, I think I've looked at it, and this is a toss-up. I sort of had Jared Brander as a possibility here. Um, maybe they might go Norton if he's still on the board because they might want another key position talent given that a, a, a couple have left. Um, but I think I've gone with Jack Higgins here. It, it seems a logical pick. I, I think he's been linked in a few different uh, phantom, phantom drafts here because obviously Stevie J leaving... Um, Higgins is that sort of footballer's footballer. He he's got the smarts. He's just so good. He'll um, he'll play from round one if they needed him to. Whether he can squeeze in because it's that uh, talented twenty two. But um, yeah, I think Jack Higgins is a good fit for the Giants. And yeah, I'll stick with him at eleven. And Bishop. Yeah, for me, I've gone Aaron Norton, best available key position defender. Um, they'll consider Jared Brander, but I reckon they might just think that Norton's the better fit as a key defender. And Adelaide pick 12. Bishop, who are they going on? Yeah, I think this is probably one that a lot of people link them with, Hunter Clark. Um, I don't think any team above uh, Adelaide will take Hunter Clark. Um, Darcy Fogarty might get taken here if he's still on the board, a, a South Australian. But I think Hunter Clark is an inside midfielder. He's had a really good second half of the year. Got clean hands on the inside. And Pie for Life? Yeah, I've, I've gone with... Uh... Darcy Fogarty, who I've still got on board, I, I think he's um, someone who, if there, I, I think they won't look past him. Local talent, especially, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, with the go-home factor. Whether he's still there, the few picks before it, that he might be gone, but um, he's someone who, if he's there, I, I can't see Adelaide passing, so I've gone with Darcy Fogarty. West Coast, pick 13, pie for life. Yeah, I've gone with Hunter Clark uh, to West Coast. I think he fits their bill perfectly. Uh, Prittis and Mitchell retiring. I think Clark can slot straight into where they were. Um, he's pretty ready-made. Um, you know, he, he works hard on the inside, and I think he'll be a good addition to the Eagles. And Bishop? I've gone Oscar Allen. Um, I know West Coast supporters have a go at me on big footy all the time, but um, he's the best available at this pick. Uh, he's a West Australian forward. They need a midfielder, but I don't know if there's one in their range, and I'm not sure... They've seen enough of Charlie Constable really that closely to take him at 13. So I think they take Oscar Allen at 13, a key position forward. Sydney with pick 14. Bishop, who are they going with? Yeah, I think they'll look at one of the Sandy Dragons boys now. Nathan Murphy magically gets through the first sort of 15 or 13 picks. I think Sydney, without doubt, will take him here at pick 14. Uh, they've been linked with him for a long time. But if not, they might look at Charlie Constable. 
They like their inside midfielders. He hasn't got a lot of speed, but, gee, he's one of the smartest players in the draft pool, just a pure footballer. And Pie for Life? Yeah, I've, I've sort of been crossing uh, quite a few out of this pick. This is, I think, where it gets really difficult. Um, I, I'd looked at Ed Richards as a possibility for a bit of outside speed. Um, I've still got Aaron Norton on the board, which I can't believe, but he's still there. Um I've, I've gone with Jared Brander. I'm not overly confident with that pick, but I think if they go best available, I think that's Jared Brander. So I've elected to go for him uh, to Sydney at 14. And Brisbane Lions with pick 15, pie for life. Yeah, so again, I've gone sort of best available. I think with Aaron Norton sitting on the board, uh, I think they sort of could do with their key position talent. They've got another pick at 18, which I think could be... Uh, quite interesting uh, to see what they do. I think they'll go maybe one tall, one small um, there. And, of course, it depends who they go with pick one as well. But I think they can afford to take at least one tall. And certainly if Norton or if Sydney took Norton, Brander was on the board, one of them, um, I, I definitely don't think they'll get past them. So I've gone Aaron Norton. And Bishop? Yeah, for me, I've gone Jack Higgins, a small forward. Uh, he's had a really good year, Hig, uh, f- fully focused on footy. But... Uh, if the Brisbane Lions can address another small four, they'll consider Lockie Fogarty, but they might ho- hope he gets there at pick 18. But Jack Higgins for me at pick 15 for Brisbane. And the Western Bulldogs pick 16. Bishop, who are they going for? Yeah, this will be a hard pick. And I reckon the Western Bulldogs' two picks are really hard to predict at the moment. But uh, I mentioned him just then. Lockie Fogarty, I think, is the man that they've shown a bit of interest in lately. Smart forward, tackles really well. Um, it's amazing his numbers. You don't really think about his numbers for a 179-centimetre uh, half-forward flanker, but his tackling numbers are as, are as good as anyone else, so he'll provide a bit of pressure in the Western Bulldogs forward line. And pie for life? Yeah, I've also gone uh, Lockie Fogarty uh, for the Bulldogs. I, I, I'm quite a fan. I, I think he's very underrated, as I mentioned earlier, and I think he's really got that good balance between offence and defence, and um, I think he'll suit the Bulldogs to a tee. And pick 17, Richmond. So there's a lot of controversy around what's going to happen here. So, Bishop, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think this will be an interesting one. Uh, Oscar Allen's probably the prime candidate, but at the moment I've got West Coast taking him at 13. Jared Brander, I've got him here. He's managed to sneak through, and I think it's a chance. I wouldn't be you know, betting on it, but I think it's a chance, maybe not even 50-50. But if Jared Brander gets through here, it'd be hard to see Brisbane let him go. Uh, Richmond not picking him. Uh, key position tall at either end. Uh, Jetta West might be an issue at pick 11 who might take him, but there's not too many teams that need a tall sort of in the second half of the first round, and if Brandy can get to Richmond at pick 17, they won't hesitate, I wouldn't have thought. And pie for life? Yeah, I was also weighing up between two talls. Um, I've gone with Sam Hayes. Uh, I wasn't sure whether to go Noah Bolter potentially, but I think Sam Hayes, he's, you know, the standout ruckman in the in the crop. Um, he's Song, he you know he he can act as a forward, not as mobile as uh, Bolter, obviously, but I I think he with the multiple picks Richmond have, I, I think Sam Hayes is a quite a good prospect to pick up there. And there's two end of round compo picks, so pick 18 for Brisbane Lions, pie for life. Yeah, uh, so I've gone. It's a bit of a raffle, but I've gone with Joel Garner. Uh, they tend to pick guys with great leadership, and they certainly did that last year, and. I think Chris Fagan loves that. And, uh, you know, Joel Garner is someone who, you know, captained Vic Metro and he's a a leader off half-back. He can play forward if he needs to through the midfield. Uh, So I think Joel Garner is someone who might appeal to them here. And Bishop? 
I've gone Lockie O'Brien, a fast-moving outside midfielder. Fantastic running speed, uh, perfect left foot kick. Uh, there's been a few question marks on his and whether he wins enough contested footy, but um, I think the fact that you've got you know three picks inside the top 18 if you're Brisbane, you can sort of take a little risk if there is some. I think he'll become an Andrew Gaff type or a Nick Del Sando type on the outside. So Lockie O'Brien, pick 18. And finally, pick 19 for the Gold Coast. Uh, Bishop, who are they going for? I think this would be an interesting one for Gold Coast. Um, the leadership of Joel Garner is still there on the board, but they've watched Noah Bolter a fair few times this year, and I think that they'll consider him at 19. I know Richmond have got pick 20, but Sam Hayes might be the prime candidate there. I'm not sure Gold Coast need a Ruckman. So at pick 19, I've got Gold Coast taking Noah Bolter, an athletic tool that can play either end, that probably transitions into a key position defender long-term. And pie for life. Yeah, it was interesting. Originally, I'd had Norton down at this pick, and then I thought there's no way he could possibly last down there, but who knows um, with the draft the way it goes. Um, so when I took him off the board, uh, I le- ended up with Lockie O'Brien. I think he's sort of the next best they can take. I was also told by a Gold Coast fan today that there's no way they're taking at all. Whether that's true, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think Lockie O'Brien is someone, you know, outside speed, um, kicks beautifully on the left foot. I, I think he's someone who, yeah, suits their team really well. All right, so that's the first round done. So thanks very much for that, guys. Um, but being a Richmond supporter, I do have to ask about Patrick Nash. So, Bishop, how is this going to play out? Yeah, it's been interesting. There's been a bit of talk throughout the year that Nash could almost be a top 10, top 15 pick, but I think that's also media interest in trying to get a few clicks to the AFL website. I couldn't see a bid coming in before Richmond's pick 17. I know the Dogs will consider him at 16, but I'm just not sure that Nash should be their man. And what's the point bidding? Richmond will match it, especially if it's a pick 16. To pick 9, which I don't expect, I couldn't see Richmond matching, but um, if it came in at pick 16, Richmond would match. Nash didn't play too many games for the Northern Knights, but was impressive up forward for Ivanhoe Grammar and played a bit off half-back in the under-18 chance, but his kicking needs a bit of work. Uh, sometimes he goes for the miracle kick rather than just sort of passing it off and doing what he needs to do. Um, so that can sometimes be a bit of an issue with his decision-making across half-back. I actually like him as a forward. Uh, he makes his smarter end goal. He's got a long right foot kick and... He can hit the scoreboard. I saw him kick, I think it was seven goals against Yarra Valley uh, out at Chelmsworth Park for Ivanhoe earlier in the year. And he was outstanding that day. And Richmond have watched him carefully for the last few years and they'll match it without doubt for me. Pie for life, do you share the same thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I think he'll a bit will come in. Probably, you know, in that anywhere from, I'd say even maybe 19 up to early 20s they'll definitely have to use uh, 25 on him uh, wherever that moves up I can't see it becoming after that so I think they'll definitely have to use that on him Um, whether it comes before 20 I think ideally for Richmond if it's to their 20 and he hasn't been bidded on I think that's something that they'll be uh, secretly high-fiving and fist-pumping there Um, so I think they'll hope he gets past that I think they will Um, you know quite handy got some good potential Uh, as Bishop said he's He's got a few flaws that he can iron out, but overall he's uh, looked really good at patches, and then other times there's a fair bit to work on. Um, yeah, as a forward, he's, uh, I guess, shown a lot of a lot more signs, particularly at school footy, so uh, I think that's possibly where he starts, whether he finishes there or moves into the midfield. I, I guess that's up to Richmond and where they develop him, but uh, I can't really see him being anywhere else other than Richmond, basically. Oh, I think Tiger fans will like to hear that. 
And before we let you guys go, there's obviously, I think, four teams who don't have a first-round pick. Even just give an indication of even what type of player or, or if you think of, of a specific player who they might target with their first picks. Uh, Bishop, I'll give you Port Adelaide. Where, where do you think they're going to go with their, with their first pick? Yeah, Port Adelaide's been linked with Eastern Rangers outside midfielder Jackson Ross for a long time. Um, they're one of about three or four clubs who've interviewed Ross and they've chatted to him uh, lately, so... I think there might be a chance at their first pick, Ross, if he's not off the board. Uh, he's come from an elite tennis background. But if not, they might try and look for a sort of a key position defender. So Sam Taylor's been linked to go inside the sort of the top 25, top 30. But if he got through to the Ports pick, I think they'd consider him as well with sort of Harry Petty, um, Oscar Claverino maybe. But, um, yeah, I think Ross has been the main one they're linked with. They've also been linked with Liam Ryan. But uh, I'd expect West Coast to take him. And... Pie for life. What about Essendon? Essendon, like, for me, they seem to be linked to the inside midfielders. Um, I think a dream would be James Warpel uh, ending up here. I, I think that's someone who they'd ideally love to see. I don't know he'll still be on the board, um, but someone along that lines, whether they pull the trigger on Cassidy Parrish, she's probably a bit later on, but they may well to try and with the brothers. Um, there's, there's a few different possibilities, whether they still go inside there, but I think definitely the inside midfielder is the way to go. Now, whether they go for the Geelong Falcons type or they, they look possibly um, interstate, um, it, it really tough to know. But I, I definitely think someone like a James Warpal is, is is the way to go uh, for Essendon. Definitely the inside mid um, for their first pick. Obviously, being a bit later was the way that it happened. The cards fell because of bringing all the trades. They would have liked to have had an earlier pick. Um, but it's it's sort of hard to predict given it is so late down. Um, but I'd imagine someone along those lines uh, would be there. Uh, perhaps even someone like a Tom North if they wanted to take a punt. Um, Eastern Rangers loves the contested ball. Got injured late, but he's a huge ball winner. Um, they seem to love their ready-made players. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be an inside player. All right. And Bishop, what about the Hawks? Yeah, the Hawks are an interesting one. Yet again, for another year, they don't have a first-round selection. Um, of course, they gave away the pick for Jago Mira uh, last year, so they lost out there. But I think um, they've got CJ, their next-generation academy member, that's probably going to get a bid late, so they'll have to match that with one of their latest selects. So he's probably a, an athletic sort of outside midfielder. Who could they consider at their first-round pick? Uh, it's a hard one to tell if... Sort of Trent Minot, Tom North, um, one of two Eastern Rangers sort of midfielders that could be there, they might consider. They're always a hard one. They like to do things a bit differently and they might pluck someone out of the VFL or do something a bit different. But I think uh, Trent Minot sort of fits the bill for me. Uh, but if someone from the second round s- snuck through, I think uh, they consider sort of a, an outside midfielder or an inside midfielder if possible. And Pie for Life, Melbourne, what, where are they at? Yeah, Melbourne are quite an interesting team because they've got uh, quite a number of those sort of mid-range picks. So they're sort of sitting there on the board, I guess, and we'll see um, how the cards fall. Uh, obviously, having theirs uh, around that mid-third round, the bids will, or late second round, I guess you'd say, uh, the bids will come in. Um, they might go best available, I would assume. Um, so whether they go outside, perhaps a Jackson Ross, or maybe they go for speed, um, Jack Petrucelli. Um, perhaps if Jordan Hullahan's on the board, he probably won't be. Um, Zach Bailey's another one, but uh, whether they reach for him, 
um, if he's there. Uh, there's there's quite a few they could go for. Um, if they go tall, you've got Harrison Petty around. Um, Tom McCartan's been in talks. Uh, Toby Wool is another one. So Melbourne are quite interesting because they've got those multiple sort of picks around that mid-range. So there's a few options. I think they might go a mixture, but probably best available. There's quite a few that could be available of those picks. And finally, Geelong. Bishop, who are they going to look at? Well, Geelong, they're, they're always the hardest, I reckon. Uh, Stephen Wells and his team pluck uh, players from nowhere. They've got a second-round pick, I think. Uh, Jordan Houlihan type uh, would be interesting to see if they took him, and I think they're probably linked with him. Uh, Noah Bolter and Nathan Murphy, which I couldn't see either getting through, but I know they'd take both of them if they got through. Uh, they generally consider the local boys, so if Brian Myers, Matt Ling, uh, Tommy McCartan was sort of there at uh, Geelong's pick, they might consider it, and I think Tom McCartan could be a really good chance there. But um, Stephen Wells does things a bit differently. I know last year Brandon Parfit, a lot of people had him sort of linked as a late-pick rookie, and they grabbed him in sort of the 20s. So, um, yeah, maybe Tom McCartan for Geelong. Fair enough. And um, before we let you go, we had a question come through from TJASTA. He wants to know... Which kid should I look at taking as cash cows and super coach next year? Well, I think Jack Higgins will be able to sneak in and play a few games in his first year and should be able to uh, score some points. The guys that are generally sort of the inside midfielders are sort of ready-made. They're ready to go. So guys like sort of James Warpel might be able to slot in next year. Um, Andy Ray will be one. I reckon he'll be able to do well long-term in sort of fantasy football that when he gets the ball, he uses it well hits targets, so for that sort of super coach style of game or fantasy football, it definitely helps when he's using the ball and getting it inside 50. And, yeah, like, I, I've sort of, I'm a bit of a stats guru, so I've sort of done all the dream team averages for for players. Um, so, for me, Lockie Fogarty, if he gets games, that's that's the only question. He's sort of got the, uh, the highest average. Um, the sort of five highest are uh, Lockie Fogarty, Adam Terra, Jaden Stevenson, Hamish Frazier, if he gets the gig late, he'll be one that can play straight away. Uh, Jack Higgins um, and Hunter Clark is another one who will uh, feature quite highly, I think. Um, going late value depends. Toby Wool is one who scored quite highly. Um, uh, you know, Tim Kelly is the mature ager. Uh, he's another one that could uh, score quite highly. So I think those blokes are the ones to really look at. Um, yeah, they're, they're the ones for me anyway that I think could uh, go high on Supercoach. Alright, no worries. Well, thank you so much guys for coming on. It's been an amazing insight into how it all works and who clubs are going to look at and just your thoughts in general. So really appreciate your time on this long weekend. Uh, and to people listening out there, I do apologise if there were audio and sound issues. The settings did change upon opening the program, so I kind of had to wing it a little bit, but fingers crossed you could all listen. So, Bishop and Pi for Life, thank you so much again for coming on and really appreciate your time. No worries, right. thanks for having us. No worries, thanks guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also, keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go, Tigers!